We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S. And since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic today is training the brain, help for family caregivers, caring for mental health conditions. Now, mental health conditions are a growing concern right across North America. And growing with the concerns are questions of the care needed for children, adolescents, adults, and seniors with mental health conditions. And though many, many, many mental health conditions can be helped, at least to some degree, by medications and various support services, the hard fact, and it is a hard fact, is that most mental health conditions are incurable medically. Now, medications have side effects or beneficial effects that wear off, and more and more of the burden of their care, the care of people with mental illnesses, is falling on family caregivers. So the question of non-medication alternatives for care for family members is more and more important for family caregivers. Now, to discuss non-medication forms of care, we have two guests, Nikki Van Van Falkenberg and Dave Siever. And I'm going to just summarize their bios for you, starting with Nikki. Now, Nikki is the author of Train Your Brain, Transform Your Life, Conquer Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder in 60 Days Without Ritalin. Her book was selected as Best Self-Improvement Book of 2011 by the Mom's Choice Awards in Chesapeake, Virginia. It was also a finalist in the Reader's Favorite Awards and USA Today Book Awards. She has a master's degree in journalism from Regent University and a bachelor's degree in psychology from Eastern University. She's a motivational writer with 20 years' experience writing for newspapers and magazines. She's a contributing writer for Upstate Parent, Low Country Parent, and Palmetto Parent magazines, which are published in South Carolina with a circulation of a quarter of a million people. She's the director of www.trainyourbraintransformyourlife.com, which spotlights her book and the 
60-day brain training program for ADHD. Dave Seaver. Dave graduated in 1978 as an engineering technology. He worked in the Faculty of Dentistry at the University of Alberta designing diagnostic equipment for temporomandibular joint dysfunction. You know, the temporomandibular joint is that which uh, is, joins the jawbone to the skull. At the university, he organized research projects, taught basic physiology, and an advanced diagnostic course on the temporomandibular joint dysfunction. And with this work, while he was doing it, he noticed anxiety in many patients suffering with the joint dysfunction, which prompted him to, dis to study biofeedback. In 1984, he designed the Digital Audio-Visual Integration Device, or DAVID for short. And since then, through his company, Mind Alive Inc., he's researched and refined audio-visual technology specifically for use in relaxation and treating anxiety, depression, attention deficit disorder, cognitive decline, insomnia, and seasonal affective disorder, among other conditions. He also designs cranio-electrostimulation and biofeedback devices, and he presents his work at numerous conferences and for special groups uh, with, a, with interest in these things. So let me now start with Nikki. First of all, please tell us more about your career and how you became interested in brain training. Nikki? Okay. Hi, Dr. Gordon. Thank you so much for having us on the show. We are so excited about this technology because we see every day that it's changing people's lives, that people are able to train their brains. And when we talk about brain training, we're talking about exercising the brain. <laughs> Just like a person can ride their bicycle, uh, swim laps in a pool, do sit-ups, lift weights, or physically exercise, we can actually exercise our brain. We can give our brain a workout. We can increase oxygen and blood flow to the brain. And exercising our brain also increases our neurotransmitters, like dopamine and serotonin. Exercise our brain, we stimulate and arouse the brain. And of course, the outcome that, that people want would vary from person to person, but we're trying to help our brain become more fit, more flexible, that we're able to concentrate, get more organized, and be productive during the day. And some people might use brain training to relax, unwind, and take the edge off stress, and other people might be using brain training to actually rehabilitate themselves, to overcome attention deficit disorder, or overcome depression, anxiety attacks, fibromyalgia, or even post-traumatic stress disorder. And brain training is also used by athletes to improve their performance in sports. Okay. And obvi obviously our brains are housed inside our skull, so people might be wondering, well, how do you exercise your brain? Well, scientists the, have Nikki, discovered I'm going to, technology. Nikki, I'm going to stop you there because okay. I want to give you a better opportunity to talk about these okay. things, but I just want to bring Dave into the same Right. basically. How did, how did you come to develop brain training applications? Tell us the background story to that, Dave, please. <clears throat> Yes, I was working at the University of Alberta, as you know, and uh, uh, when we were doing our studies on TMJ patients, um, I discovered a couple of interesting things. We, I, I pulled 
I did a life event scale uh, analysis on 500 of our patients and found that the biggest factor in a woman's life precipitating TMJ pain was an increase in arguments with spouse. And financial uncertainty was also a, a second big one, and putting children in daycare and feeling guilty was another, <clears throat> probably the third largest concern that caused TMJ pain. So I came to realize that dental was not really the way to approach TMJ problems, and that's, of course, entirely what dentists do. They were making splints and all, and definitely needed a psychological approach. Well, I'd always been fascinated with psychology uh, all my life, and, um, and I'd already been, you know, tinkering with biofeedback gear and this kind of thing, so I enrolled anyway in the biofeedback program and, uh, and rebuilt the lab for them up in educational psychology. And things kind of unfolded. Now, how I got into this particular technology was um, uh, an instructor in performing arts had heard that flashing lights and pulsing tones could be used to help students overcome stage fright. I had not heard of this, and I thought it was a pretty silly thing. Uh, I, was, I thought it was far, far away from hardcore research. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, he commissioned me to uh, build him a unit, and which I did, and... Uh, and he claimed it was quite successful. Uh, well, since then, I started using it on our TMJ patients, and, and I noticed that the uh, relaxation effect was quite profound. And finally, I did a study in 1988 on our worst, our toughest TMJ patients. Most of them had pain and tension for 10 or more years and found that in minutes I could relax them more effectively and more, or more deeply than a, a couple months of biofeedback training. Tremendous. So then I got kind Dave, of excited. Dave, I'm going to stop you there. I know I'm being very rude to you both, but I just want to make sure that we get through this particular segment. When you've told us more about yourselves and what you do, we're going to come back to the things you were talking about. So, Nikki, my question for you right now is, what are the services you provide in your work? Oh, well, um I am I am a distributor for Mind Alive, and uh, I sell the the light and sound machines uh, that are actually brain training devices. And then I've written this book, and it's called Train Your Brain, Transform Your Life, Conquer ADHD in 60 Days Without Ritalin. Right. Now, what which of these services you provide do you find are the are of the greatest interest to family caregivers? Which are the ones? Was that for me? Yes, Nikki. <laughs> well, I have people come to me from, from all walks of life, and I, I have a lot of uh, mothers that come to me and their children are having trouble in school. Uh, some of them have gotten to the point that if they don't take Ritalin, they'll be kicked out of school, and they're just about desperate to find something. So usually I, I come to their house and I visit them, and they actually uh, – uh, have like a, a trial session with with the machine, and it's a set of headphones, eyeglasses, and a little control box with pre-programmed sessions. Right. And how it works is you you put it on, and you lay back on your bed, and you cover up with a blanket, and uh, you just close your eyes and relax for 22 minutes, and have this little session that's on the machine. Gotcha, Nikki. I'm going to stop you there, not because I'm not interested, but just because of time, and we're going to come back to the things you're talking about, David. The same question. What are the brain training services that you provide which are of greatest interest to family caregivers? Uh, I think the other 
Well, we do two other things here. One is we do life skills coaching and help people get through issues and problems, particularly uh, people who have a lot of anxiety or depression relating to some life events that need to be resolved. And uh, otherwise, though, probably the biggest thing that we do is we do, we do uh, QEEG work. That's quantitative EEG. Uh, we have a 19-channel uh, EEG brain mapping system here. And, yes, Dave, I'm going to interrupt you. What's an EEG? Just, just explain. Oh, an electroencephalograph. So we yeah. look at brain waves. <clears throat> and with the brain waves, we can spot all kinds of maladies, including OCD, depression, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, types of different types of anxiety, ADD, ADHD, uh, cognitive decline, and brain injury, and so on. Got it. And that's a service to provide uh, for uh, some local clinicians and also on our own. Plus, we do we use it also to support research. Uh, to show that uh, the various technologies that we work with are actually indeed working. Right. Now, which of these services are of greatest interest in your experience to family caregivers? Oh, I think the QEEG work, well, believe me, it's all fascinating. You'd be surprised sometimes uh, people who have severe depression, and if you can talk to them about some of their issues, uh, if you hit it, the, you know, hit it right, hit the nail on the head, suddenly their depression is resolved. It's, it's amazing how thought affects brain waves, and you'll see the brain waves change. Uh, but I've got to say the QEEG is very fascinating. Uh, I've been doing it for, oh, probably a dozen years now. <clears throat> I have mapped, brain mapped uh, several hundred people and, and thoroughly enjoy uh, and uh, the whole, uh, what's the word, expanding technology of doing brain, wave, brain mapping. Right. And what you're both saying to me, I think, is this, that these techniques you're using are valuable to people with the various conditions you've been talking about, but they're also the kind of things that family caregivers are interested in and should be interested in as a way of helping their family members um, deal with the various conditions that they're dealing with. Now, are, do you both agree with me in that summary of what I've just said back to you? I do. Yeah. Nick, Nikki, do you agree with that? Yes, yes. And, and they're home-based uh, systems. You know, you can come to David's Mind Alive Clinic in Canada, or you can order these, uh, these, uh, the, the equipment to do it at home, and it's very affordable, and it comes with a 30-day warranty. Right. Okay. Now, it is time for us to take the break. We do have to pay the rent, uh, and so let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Nikki van Valkenburg and Dave Siever. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. With today's outside pressures and current realities, many of us are feeling a loss of control and freedom concerning our lives, business, and where we stand in society. But that can change. Tune in to The Power of the Human Connection with Chris Schultenover. Through the art of storytelling in authentic human terms, we lead you to true and honest realizations and collaborations to better your life and the lives of others. The Power of the Human Connection is heard live Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Michelle Kors, Six Degrees is your connected consciousness. Six Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. Six Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Nikki Van Valkenburg and Dave Siever. Our topic is training the brain, help for family caregivers caring for mental health conditions. So I want to talk now with both of you, please, about the challenges the mental health conditions you've spoken about create for children and adults and their family caregivers. Now, starting with you, Dave, <coughs> the conditions you were talking about, and you emphasized depression, for example, what are the principal challenges those conditions bring to children and their family caregivers? Well, yes, uh, well, it's, there's all kinds. Of course, the first thing is parents certainly want their children to be happy. And they want to be able to connect and bond socially with their child. <clears throat> and children who have conditions like such, uh, such as depression or anxiety or ADHD often don't connect and bond well with their parents. And that certainly is a, you know, uh, makes it very difficult, especially, you know, for moms and dads, uh, trying to get that bond to occur. <clears throat> Other things too, you know, when, when uh, children have, say, particularly like, say, like ADHD, <clears throat> uh, attentional challenges, uh, you know, if a child has severe ADD or ADHD, it's obvious, and the parents and the teachers and everybody knows immediately that this child has a psychological uh, condition, and they put him in a special needs school, and, uh, and then everything sort of progresses from there. But the worst problems happen with, with uh, children who have mild to moderate ADD or ADHD or even depression, and uh, especially with boys, because boys have a tendency to get aggressive with depression. Uh, whereas girls have a tendency to get it more weepy. Um, so the parents think they have a normal child with an attitude problem, and they're so afraid that this child is going to fail school or going to become a little villain that they punish and punish and punish and punish this wayward little kid until he smartens up, and, and that's what their hope is anyway. They don't realize that it's actually a neurological condition the child has. They just think it's a rotten kid who's getting spoiled. <clears throat> and so... 
it ends up with a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt on the parent's side, and also frustration, anger, and hurt on the child's side. And by the time a child starts to grow up, uh, they often have a lot of sort of contempt for the school system, the parents, and everything else. And then you have then that social breakdown, if you want to call it, or societal breakdown. Uh, and so those are certainly challenges that are very real and, uh, and very, they take a, lo- a large toll, especially if a child is angry and impulsive, as ADHD kids are, what are the odds that they're going to end up in jail or, or being substance abusers or something like that? Well, it's pretty significant. So it's important to nip this in the bud while they're still young, and, and two things have to happen. One is, of course, we have to look at the child neurologically, but also the parents need to be educated that this is indeed a neurological condition. It's not personal. The child isn't just trying to ruin your life and everybody else's. The child is, is struggling to function as best as the child can. Right. Nikki, do you agree with Dave about what he's been saying about ADHD? And have you any sort of special interest or experience with this condition that would lead you uh, to either agree or disagree with Dave? Nikki? Yes, absolutely. And also, uh, we've encountered children with depression, anxiety attacks, uh, fibromyalgia, and even uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, children with OCD, uh, obsessive-compulsive, and uh, just the list goes on. But many of these conditions can be helped and improved with the help of brain training. Right. Now, I'm going to go back to Dave now. Um, I want to you to outline for us the applications you provide. And let's just for the moment stay with two conditions, the depression and ADHD. Uh, That's simply because there isn't time to cover them all. I want you to describe the applications you provide, starting with depression, and explain to us how they work inside the skull you were talking about, what it is that they do that help with these conditions. Dave? Sure. I think I understand this. <clears throat> well, this, there's um, the main premise of depression generally is that, well, a couple of things. I must, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not plug my own technology for a moment and say there's a, certainly a large nutritional contribution to depression and ADHD. Uh, I was lecturing recently in Arizona at the ISNR uh, conference uh, with Ron Swatzina, <clears throat> who had brain mapped a, t- uh, a 10-year-old girl and showed that after eating your typical sugary, useless cereal that, you know, we're flogged with these cereals in the supermarket, and showed that it, breakfast cereal of the, any typical type that a parent would serve actually brought on an ADHD brain signature, whereas a meal of uh, eggs and ham and toast made a very level brain wave. Uh, so nutrition is important, and most kids are now deficient in omega-3s, vitamin D, iodine, uh, minerals, and, and so on. And that's a part of that. Certainly a, there's a portion of ADHD kids who are just nutritional issues, and they're not ADHD at all, or they get exasperated by having nutritional problems in addition to having maybe a mild condition of ADHD, and now it's a moderate condition because of just the breakfast that they're eating. Uh, so that's one thing that we certainly address right away with all our clients is get the nutrition straight and get them off it. Mm-hmm. These kids have a tendency to be addicted to sugary things because it spikes the brain with dopamine and serotonin. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual technologies itself, <clears throat> um, depression, for instance, is typically a uh, sort of a slowed state of the left frontal lobe. The left frontal lobe is kind of your happy 
side of your brain and, and has approach behavior towards things that are fun and exciting and wonderful. Um, and the right side of the brain is more your negative side or your fear side, and it is avoidance behavior, <clears throat> uh, avoiding things that are scary, dangerous, and, and whatever that are perceived in a person's mind. And so we have a couple of technologies. One is uh, the audiovisual entrainment is the one technology that we've been working on for 30 years. And it really is it's just a matter of flashing lights in the eyes and pulsing tones in the ears at the, at the correct frequency to straighten out these brain waves. Now, we do a thing called field stimulation, which takes advantage of a nerve network off the eyes called the optic chiasm. And we can stimulate a different frequency on each side of the brain. Um, and so we would put one frequency on the left side of the brain to get uh, basically the happy side going and for depression. And on the left field of, or the left side of the left ear, left fields of the eyes, we would put a different frequency to calm the fear side down. And it's been quite successful for treating depression. Uh, we have several brain maps of all kinds of people with depression before and after running the, uh, the audio-visual entrainment. Uh, we do a similar technique for ADHD, except the frequencies are a little different. Uh, in the case of entrainment, we're using beta and alpha, what we would call beta-alpha stimulation. Beta is in the 20 hertz range, <clears throat> and alpha is in the 10 hertz range. Uh, for ADHD, we use what's called a beta-SMR. Uh, SMR stands for sensory motor rhythm. And we're basically injecting about 14 hertz into the right hemisphere and 20 hertz into the left hemisphere. And that calms the hyperactivity and also improves the attention. Uh, we recently did, a, or a couple of years ago, we did a study out of Germany out of 74 college students, and we found that indeed that protocol boosted attention uh, and concentration quite significantly. So that's certainly the one technology that, that's probably our forefront, and we, there's, there's Several studies done now on using audiovisual entrainment. Now, I should mention the word entrainment. What that means, it's like resonance. If you um, flash a light at 10 flashes per second into a person's eyes, fairly quickly you'll see a 10 hertz rhythm show up in their brain in relation to the flashing lights. And if you slow them down to 5, you'll see the brain waves slow down to 5. If you speed them up to 20, the brain waves will speed up to 20 as well. <clears throat> that's, that's, that, that, there's a lot of physio or physiological research on that. It, it's uh, cortical evoked responses or frequency falling response. But that's what the word entrainment actually means. Got it's, it. That's, uh, very, that's very useful. Now, I'm going to ask Nikki, do you actually watch and supervise, so to speak, when audiovisual entrainment or any of the other techniques are actually being used by children, by parents, with the children. Do you actually witness it, or um, are you at another stage where perhaps you're training them to use it? Please tell us what you do. Well, when, when we do a demo, um, I put the headphones on the child and the eyeglasses, and then uh, usually I, I, they're on their bed or on the couch, and I cover them up with a blanket, and they'll see some mild flashing lights from the eye set, and then they'll hear these heartbeat sounds. And it sounds kind of really unusual, but uh, I, in my experience, many people only see and hear it for a few seconds, and then you have a feeling of going under an anesthetic and uh, relaxing very deeply and practically falling asleep. 
at the same time you're awake and aware of your surroundings. But it's a really uh, wonderful experience. It's very relaxing. And, and yes, I do stay nearby. Usually I'm, uh, you know, sitting by their side or uh, not too far away from them because the first time I, I like to watch and, and make sure that they're all right. And, of course, I give them privacy. And, and most people report it's a, it's a very pleasant experience, very enjoyable. With, with children, I tell them it's a Star Wars machine. And, and they seem to just love Star Wars, all the technology, and, and then they're real into it. Right. <laughs> then they cooperate, yeah. Now, uh, Nikki, still with you, are these children children who have a problem, or are they children who come to you in another way? Well, I have had a number of children that are homeschooled, and they weren't doing well in the in the traditional classroom. I've had some auditory processing problems. I've had uh, parents with children with dyslexia. I've had children that were um, uh, foster children that had, in fact, been uh, incest or some sort of awful molestation occurred, and they're just coping with the trauma of that. So we have all kinds of uh, children that, that come to us uh, that, that want to use the machine. And it, it's really exciting and, and wonderful to see them slowly improve, slowly see changes. They gradually see that they can concentrate more, that they can read and remember what they've read, and that they can be more productive and not be as quickly distracted and, and want to get up and do something else. Got it. Now, we, we are now going into the break again, but I think what you both made clear is that there's real, real benefit that you can actually see the children can yes. experience, and the, fa- the family and the family caregivers can also sense, regardless of the situation. So that, that's wonderful. So let's mm-hmm. now go off on the break. Uh, it is that time. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Nikki van Valkenburg and Dave Siever. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. 
The small farmers in developing countries are being helped by self-reliant agriculture's proven multi-crop model. Long-term self-sufficiency is given to these poor farmers with the assistance of self-reliant agriculture's professionals in nutrition, agronomy, and animal science technology. Every week on Growing People from the Ground Up, host Michael Bumstead and his co-host Tom Rockwood and their panel of guests and regular contributors show you how their proven model is having a long-term effect on the lifestyles of people who would otherwise remain in poverty and lack good nutrition. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Green Living. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Nikki Van Valkenburg and Dave Siever. Our topic is training the brain, help for family caregivers, caring for mental health conditions. Now, I want to talk more about the way brain training services and applications help with the mental health challenges and how these work. So, Nikki, I want to start with you. The, the brain training services you offer how do those help with the mental health challenges you've mentioned? I know you've covered this ground to some extent, mm-hmm. but I want you to say more about right. it because you've observed the help that right. it's giving. How does it help? Say more, please. Well, uh, the way it helps is that it increases oxygen and blood flow to the brain. Uh, it 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 teaches you a new rhythm, often with attention deficit or some sort of learning disability. Uh, the person is stuck in an unbalanced brainwave rhythm. So this a light and sound machine teaches you a new rhythm. Uh, this is often the, the rhythm of peak performance or the sensory motor rhythm, and we have different protocols with the different machines. And this, this new rhythm will actually replace uh, the dysfunctional rhythm, so that if your brain waves are too fast, if they're hyperactive, uh, they, they'll slow down. If they're too slow, if they're sluggish, then they'll be speeded up a bit. But the idea is to fine-tune, normalize, and balance the brain waves. Now, Dave, I want to know more about, it's the, really the same question that I just asked Nikki, how do the brain training applications you provide help with the challenges? In other words, say more about how they work um, so that somebody who's wondering whether this is the right thing for them, their child, their family, has a sense of what's going to happen and why what's happening is going to be beneficial. Dave? Yes. I'll, I think Nikki covered the technical side fairly well, you know, about the, uh, the, the increased cerebral blood flow and balanced uh, neurotransmitters as well as uh, brainwave activity. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, basically kids respond very, very well. We've done several studies so far. Our largest study actually has 200 children from seven schools in the Minnesota area. And you see uh, typically uh, improvements right away in impulsiveness. Impulsiveness drops quite a bit. Hyperactivity drops. Uh, reading. Uh, most of the time what we're seeing in about a two-month span for the study 
you see typically a full year's worth of reading improvements. And that is phenomenal because, you know, reading is, of course, the key to academic success. It's the fundamental basis. <clears throat> and so many ADHD kids particularly struggle with reading. That's, that's a real killer for them. So we use that. It certainly it helps all aspects of academics. Another thing, too, is these kids get stressed out a lot. Often there's also issues going on with the family because the family is usually an ADD parent as well. And that, that parent is impulsive and reactive and so on. And, and so we get the parents using this as well, typically, as, as well as the children. And it really improves the family dynamics in general. And fear causes a hypoperfusion of cerebral blood flow. In other words, fear shuts cerebral blood flow down in the frontal lobes where reasoning is. So when people get scared, they lose their ability to reason. And, uh, and that happens to anyone who starts going into anxiety. Well, of course, these little guys have got quite a bit of anxiety, <clears throat> and they lose some of the reasoning just because of the fact that they're in a state of fear. Uh, so combating fear along with uh, improving all their academic outcomes and their ability to reason, stop, focus, you know, instead of just being impulsive and jumping into things and being reactive, they start becoming more proactive. On the clinical side, uh, the, the gains are immense. Uh, something else, too, that where this technology comes in really handy, uh, I used to practice neurofeedback, which is biofeedback for the brain. <clears throat> and it's quite expensive. It typically costs three to $4,000 to treat an ADHD child. Um, and a lot of families that ha have ADHD are not that well off financially, partly because the parents have ADHD and they didn't do well in school either, or at least one of them didn't. So... It's quite a low-cost approach that almost any family can afford mm -hmm. and, and get very significant results from uh, quite quickly, including the parents, not just the child. Got it. Now, I'm, that takes me to question for both of you, starting with mm -hmm. Nikki. Please tell us at least one real-life success story. Now, I'm, we're not asking you to identify anyone or to describe things in a way that people can recognize themselves, but a real-life success story that where you've seen good happen um, to somebody and to a family. What's your choice? What's your best story, Nikki? I had a family, and they have a, a little boy. He's probably, I think he's 12 years old, and he has auditory processing problems, and it was so bad that they were going to put him in the resource room at school with children with Down syndrome and um, mildly retarded and things like that, and and it was it was an embarrassment to the parents and and the boy wasn't doing well in there. He he became very negative and sarcastic, so they pulled him out of that classroom and they began working with him at home. He's homeschooled now, and. Um, they, she told me, uh, she's, she's a high school friend of mine, and I hadn't seen her in a long time, and she, she read my book, and she ended up buying the machine, and it was money used for the machine. She was going to buy a barbecue grill, but instead she said, Nikki, this is something we're, we're going to invest in. And so they came over to my house, and they had a demo, and, and he did really well. He liked the me telling him it was a Star Wars machine. He was really excited about that. And uh, he went home and he was using the machine. Uh, I have him keep a bubble started every day with their progress and how they 
how they relax and and which number that they do. So they do one session five days in a row, and then they go on to a new session. And uh, he, he, in the beginning, he had all kinds of problems, auditory processing, not remembering what he read, uh, number confusion, uh, mixing up stories, mixing up the details, and it was very frustrating for his mom, of course, and, and for him, too. He wanted to do well. Uh, he started. He started the machine, and the assistant was doing very well with it, doing it faithfully every day. And all of a sudden, he started uh, remembering things from stories. Like he would read a paragraph, and he would close the book, and he said, "Mom, I want to tell you exactly what that story said to me." And and the mother said he, she had never seen him do that before, and it was like this. This program quickened something in him. It, it almost turned on his brain power. He started doing better in his math sums and uh, also uh, his history, remembering uh, details of history. And then they went back to the doctor, and the doctor said on his phone, he said, I noticed a change in, in this boy. I, I can see it in his eyes. He's more lively. He's more attentive. What are you doing? What are you doing differently with this boy? And Thank you. I'm going to have so to... exciting. Nikki, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop you because I want Dave to say the same thing and we're right. going to run out of time, but that's a wonderful okay. story. Yes. Dave, <laughs> Dave, your favorite real-life success story, please. Okay, well, there's, I have dozens that are, that are so good. That we only want one. Of, <laughs> I only want one. Probably one of the ones that was very amazing came from a lady. Uh, I've got her testimony on our website, so I can mention her name, but it was Susan Klinningberg out of Minnesota and her son, uh, Michael. He was quite severely autistic, and he would stay awake and, and uh, for five days straight often without ever going to sleep, and, and he would be out of control yelling and, and all this stuff, and it, would, it just it broke up the entire family, and unfortunately they ended up getting divorced. <clears throat> and she was at her wit's end. She was just so, so exhausted, as Susan was, so... It, she considered checking her boy into an institution because she couldn't deal with it anymore. And someone suggested she get our gear, and she got our gear. And uh, like I said, her testimony is on our website here. And she fought with her boy for a few weeks to get him to use the gear because he didn't like the stim. But then it finally, the neurons in his brain, whatever it was, switched the way they should have switched, and suddenly he started falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And within about a month or so, he was falling asleep within a couple of hours. And then a couple months later, uh, he was falling asleep in 20 minutes. And, she, and uh, she was just, it changed her life entirely hmm. between being devastated with a child who stays up for, you know, five, six days at a time to one that's asleep in 20 minutes, and plus the exhaustion that she had. And uh, it was, it, I met her, actually, and she spoke at one of our training conferences at a, at a, at a school down there in Minnesota. <clears throat> and, uh, and it was wonderful, a very wonderful story. And I got to meet Michael, and he was actually quite a nice little boy now that he had been, you know, uh, rather <laughs> settled down. Yes. Um, both of you, uh, Dave, that's another great story. And both of you, what I'm saying to, going to say back to you in the... In the short time that we've got left in this segment is this, that medications uh, have a place, um, but what you're talking about is something that isn't medication with all the side effects. It's something that you've seen work, and some people have come to you and said it works. Mm -hmm. 
um, people have said there's a difference, there's a change, something's happened, it's for the good. The little boy, the little girl is not the same as they were before. They are different. They are more successful in what they do. They're more successful at school. They're more successful in their recall and all those kinds of things. So I don't think you're saying that this necessarily cures everybody of everything, but I think what you are saying, and I think you're saying it very clearly, is that there's hope. Um, there are experiences which are encouraging and which will then help people make decisions about coming to you, Nikki, about your, what you do, your support services, coming to you, Dave, for the kind of technology and techniques that you're talking about. So with that little speech at the end, I'm going to take the break now. Um, it's time for that, I'm afraid. So this is Dr. Gordon Avery, and my guests are Nikki van Valkenburg and Dave Siever. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're coming back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Nikki van Valkenburg and Dave Sieber. Our topic is training the brain, help for family caregivers caring for mental health conditions. Now, I want to talk more about the implications of brain training applications for persons with mental health conditions, uh, their families, and the healthcare system. So first of all, Dave, how well, generally, in your experience, do family caregivers and the wider public they understand the role of brain training applications. 
um, you know, in helping with mental health conditions, and what's being done to increase their understanding? Dave? Well, I would say probably 1% of the population has an understanding. <clears throat> I think it's still quite small. Uh, neurotechnology is certainly growing in terms of there's several types of technologies under that umbrella. Um, that are being uh, developed as we speak. Uh, but the, you know, the profit margins, the money, the big corporate backing just isn't there. And so it's, uh, you know, it's shows like yourself, uh, Gordon, uh, that are helping getting this word out. It's also research. It's difficult to do research. Uh, we don't have millions of dollars. That's the other thing. <clears throat> For us, I've spent personally about a quarter million already funding studies in different ways, hiring uh, students, uh, lending out gear, uh, over the last uh, 20 some years. Uh, so, those are the things that we do to try to get this into the public awareness, get the research. You can't be accepted if it's just, otherwise, it's just another new age set of nonsense. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so we're pretty proactive at doing studies. Okay. Nikki, I'm going to ask you the same question, but it's about community based professionals such as psychologists, physicians, and nurses. How well do they understand the role of these services in helping with mental health conditions and what's being done or should be done to increase their understanding? Nikki? It's growing so quickly, and I think doctors like uh, Dr. Daniel Amen from uh, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, he did a a special on on PBS on public television on brain fitness, and uh, the the tide really seems to be changing. The Mind Alive uh, company uh, is... uh, got accepted as the part of the Health Canada Initiative. So now you can walk into any doctor's office and tell them that you have uh, attention deficit disorder, depression, anxiety attacks, post-traumatic stress disorder, or any number of problems, and you can have this light and sound machine covered by your insurance by law. And that is a very exciting development as well. So I think the tide is turning with this. I'm going to ask you just a very quick question. Do you think there's more effort required, or would you be content to leave the growth of understanding as it currently is? Nikki? Well, that's why I wrote my book. I want everyone to to uh, to read the, the literature and, and discover it for themselves. When I found the, these, these studies, it was like finding a treasure chest because I had never heard of the sensory motor rhythm. I had never heard about this technology and a way to train your brain and transform your life. All I knew was medication, and I think that's what's so commonly touted in the media, and people think that uh, drugs like Ritalin and Adderall, uh, Centura, that these drugs are safe and harmless because they're so quickly prescribed to children, but in fact, uh, these drugs are amphetamines, they're in the same uh, school as cocaine, and they're very dangerous and they have lots of side effects. So this technology that we're offering is a way to do it naturally, to naturally boost your neurotransmitters and the blood flow to the brain, oxygen, things like that. Dave, I know I'm rushing you both. Um, what has to be done to make more of these brain training applications available to persons with mental health conditions and family caregivers? And what I'm drawing, pointing out here is that you, you said, and I think and it was a very good statement, you said sometimes families that are coping with this problem for one reason or another may not have the funds that are needed mm-hmm. for all the things that are available. Dave, what would you like to see done to make more of these applications available? Uh, one of the things I'd like to see is I'd like to see more government, um, <clears throat> uh, the government to be more proactive at wellness. 
And if they could be more proactive in wellness, push that ideology more, and also maybe help companies like ourselves with funding to do double-blind placebo-controlled studies and also help us, you know, get with expertise to get this published in more prestigious journals, uh, that would be a real boon to the industry because while there is a grassroots uh, happening, there certainly is, you know, and, and uh, i got to say there's a lot of psychologists getting involved with this now too, but the medical community is still far, far behind, and, and it would be really nice to get the medical community, you know, no, a more update, more on, on track with what's going on. Uh, you know, drugs, the thing about the brain is this, the brain is so plastic, and there's been a lot of research and stuff being promoted about neuroplasticities these days. And yet drugs by themselves generally don't uh, invoke neuroplasticity much at all, whereas this type of, these types of technologies do. And so from a proactive stance, this is how you want to get back into mental health, is get the brain to restructure itself. Right. Nikki, um, the, right. what I'm going to call medication-free services and applications, the very things that you were talking about, do these, in your mind, offer a new direction for the healthcare system's approach to mental health conditions? And if so, uh, how will the current direction need to be change. And what I'm driving at is Dave said, and he was very polite about it, but he was really saying my profession really hasn't fully caught up with these things um, because it still likes to prescribe. Um, Nikki, what about this? Is this a new direction that you're talking about? And if so, how will the healthcare system need to change to adapt to it? Big question, short time, but an important one. (laughs) Well, we, we, uh, I encourage my, my customers, if they do want to talk about this with their doctor, I've, I've created an 11-page report, and it's called Information for Your Doctor, and people can download it from my website and discuss it with their physician. And, they, of course, they can encourage their doctor to check out the Mind Alive website, www.mindalive.com, and uh, Dave also answers questions, and, and, of course, we get emails, and we're, we're all for that. It's definitely a grassroots effort, and we, we reach one, one person at a time. Now, I'm going to finish on that point because I want to repeat again that I'm going to answer the question for both of you in this way by saying I do think that both of you and others like you are a new direction in the care for mental health conditions. So that's my my view. Now, I also want to say quickly something else, that here in Canada, we have, or the particular state province that I live in, we have no less than five class action lawsuits against the government for the way in which mental health conditions were treated in some of the establishments. I know that there are major concerns also in the U.S. about similar things. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what's starting to happen now, and it's unfortunate it has to take class action and other sorts of lawsuits and unfavorable newspaper reports uh, to draw attention to this, but I do think the time has come for something other than medications and institutionalization to be considered for this range of conditions which go on happening to young people, to young adults, uh, to adults, and people we've not talked about, the seniors who slip off into dementia. So 
Yes. Uh, that's not a commercial for you, but it's an encouragement, and it's really my way of saying, on behalf of our listeners, please carry on with this work, because it's absolutely crucial um, to dealing with mental health conditions, which are worrying, which are, <coughs> are stressful on the families, which are stressing the healthcare systems, and which are not being yet dealt with as well as they could be. So that's why your work is, a, is important. So they, that's the end of my speech, and I want to say thank you to our listeners. Please do email us with your comments and questions. I want to say thank you to Nikki and to Dave <coughs> for sharing with us your experience, your insights, and your advice, but also speaking so openly and honestly about what you're doing and so modestly. Uh, I, I think you're doing more than you told us, and I salute you for what you're doing. Now, in our next episode, we'll talk about weighing up the options for care. So please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.